0: Shalom everyone. Today we are going to talk about the four secrets of the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. Together we're going to find the keys to this amazing Feast of the Lord and why it is relevant for us today. I'm Jennifer Guetta, a biblical archaeologist who came to know Jesus through a supernatural experience. And this is the Ostrak Podcast, where we discover secrets of the spirit realm from an archeologist who actually experienced it. If you want to read more about my testimony, then I suggest for you to read my book, Awestruck by Glory, which tells the whole story in details and you can get it online in any online bookstore. Or you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Awestruck with Jennifer Guetta, or find me on Facebook and Insta. Now let's get started. The first secret of the Feast of Trumpets is that it has many facets. I'm gonna tell you all about it first, but what is the Feast of Trumpets and why is it important to Christians? In the Bible, God sets aside seven festivals and calls them the Moadim, which means appointed times, as it's written in Leviticus 23. These festivals were special times for God's revelation and a time of open heaven between man and God, their prophetic feasts that with deep meaning about the past, the present, and the future, and they reveal a cycle of God's salvation and redemption for all mankind. When Jesus came the first time two thousand years ago, he fulfilled the first four festivals: Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Shavuot, Pentecost. Many think that when Jesus returns, he will also fulfill the last three festivals with his life. Now, what's the next festival to be fulfilled? That is the Feast of Trumpets, the fifth Feast of the Lord. And that's exactly why it's very important for Christians to know what this festival means. Now, some people call this festival the Feast of Revelation the Feast of the End Times, and the Feast of Jesus in our day. In Israel, the Feast of Trumpets is currently celebrated as Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. But this is a much later connotation because the Jewish New Year actually only started in Babylon much later. Originally, it is known as Yom Troa, the day of the blowing of the shofar. In the Bible, God does not describe many things about this feast. Its meaning in Judaism is kind of shrouded in mystery. God commands only that we blow the shofar on this day and listens to its sound as a wake-up call to our soul so that we know how to recognize the sound of the shofar when it comes. The Feast of Trumpets starts on a new moon and in biblical times the Israelites would look for the new moon to start and when two witnesses two people saw that the new moon would, would come up and they would see it then they would run to Jerusalem and be a witness for its appearance and they came and at that point the festival would start the feast of trumpets has many more sides and people kind of see it as a big mystery and something to do with the Messiah. Now, this special day has many more facets. In Hebrew, it's called Yom Tua, the day of the blowing of the shofar, which is an awakening call to wake up the bride, to wake up people. It's been a long, hot summer. Wake up. And uh, it's like an awakening call out of your soul to hear God's voice. Uh, Another facet of it is that it celebrates the day of the coming of the bridegroom and it's like they say, wake up people for this is the day. Another facet, for example, here in Israel, we just celebrate it as Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish Civil New Year. But as I told you before, this is a later connotation. Actually, it comes from Babylon. The original Jewish New Year is the first of Nisan. So originally in the biblical calendar, it did not actually have to do with the Jewish New Year. But there are many more facets of this day, this fifth feast of the Lord, which always happens on the first day of the seventh month of the Jewish New Year. It's this day is, it's a bit of a mystery. That's why they call it a day of mystery. It's a day of hidden secrets when all things will be revealed. In Israel, it's also known as the day of the coronation of the kings of Israel. This was the day that the kings would be announced where there was a big blowing of the shofar and people, and they, um, they would be coronated. It's also the announcement of the day of the Messiah. And it is the announcement, kind of an awakening call of revival. Incredible! What an awesome day, and an awesome day is actually another name for it. But here in Israel, we also call it actually at the same time Yom Hazikaron, which is the day of remembrance, where we remember the blowing of far. and we remember also uh, many other things. It's the day of the Book of Revelation, where that. Uh, Many people believe this was actually the day that John received the book of Revelation, the day of his vision. And here in Israel, we also call it the day of repentance, the day where we do teshuvah. It's the beginning of 10 days of awe, which lead up to Yom Kippur. And in those days, we repent of our sins and we ask the Lord to forgive us. And it's a special time when God does that. And, of course, we know in Yeshua that we can always have forgiveness. But this day reminds us, reminds us that we can always, that we do it because we forget. And interestingly, the day is also the day of the resurrection of the dead. That's what many people believe, that when the shofar is blown, this day will be the resurrection of the dead. Of course, we know that part of that has already been fulfilled during the when Yeshua came and gave the Holy Spirit all at that time on Pentecost that was also the resurrection of the dead. but we also know there's still the prophecy when he returns, it will happen again. there this day is also known as the day of the Lord, and it's also known as you're not going to believe this. this is really amazing it's the day, the Ark of the Covenant entered Jerusalem so what happened on that day david brought in the ark and he danced before the lord on this day and so i always said we have this beautiful song david dance well this is the actual day where david danced before the the um, before the ark of the covenant and brought it into jerusalem other things that are associated subjects that are associated with this day it, the wedding day of the messiah it's a gathering day of all of Israel and the beautiful part is this is the day of the unveiling of the bride the day that the veil is taken away can that is just incredible we pray that both physically and spiritually and uh, another part of this day is that many people believe, Jews believe, that this was the day of the sacrifice of Isaac because it has to do, of course, with the blowing of the shofar. But it's also a day of deep repentance and um, people yeah, associated also with uh, many other things, which is really incredible. It's a very special holiday and, beautifully, it's the next day that Yeshua will fulfill. Now, I'm going to get into a few of more of these facets. We don't have time for everything, but we're going to start with just a few very important ones. And one of them, is, which I call the second secrets of Yom Tu'a, of the Feast of Trumpets, is its relationship with the thief and the knight. And the bride. So what does it actually have to do with the thief in the night and the wedding of the Messiah? Well, the Feast of Trumpets is often associated with that term, thief in the night. It's a phrase that we have heard many times in the Bible because it's used when Yeshua would return and it is said that he would return as a thief in the night. The Feast of Trumpets is also known as a hidden day, or a day of sudden unveiling of what is hidden. Jews learn that the true meaning of Feast of Trumpets is hidden because its real meaning lies in the future. For already to 3,000 years, Jews have celebrated this holiday in obedience to God, knowing that one day its true meaning will be revealed. The Messiah, Yeshua, said, For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known, and come to light. Luke 8, 17. Now, the expression, thief in the night in Israel, is more like a a Hebrew idiom as an expression in language, meaning that we should pay attention and not fall asleep because we never know when the thief comes. The Feast of Trumpet is the only feast of all the biblical feasts that begins on a new moon and not on actually a full moon. In ancient times, the festival could not begin until the new crescent moon was seen in Jerusalem, like I just said before. The new moon became visible and the moon was, in, was invisible for several days and it was not exactly known what day the uh, moon would appear. It was possible to estimate approximately one of the nights that the moon would appear, but not the exact one. Therefore, they had two days to watch carefully for the moon to appear, because otherwise the feast could start without them noticing. When two or more witnesses saw the new crescent moon, they had to report it to the Sanhedrin. The leaders then announced that the new month, the first of Tishri, would begin and the shofar was blown. With fire signals, they passed on the whole country that the Feast of Trumpets had started. The shofar was blown every day in the month before the Feast of Trumpets, but not on the expected day of the Feast of Trumpets until the moon appeared. According to Jewish tradition, they did this so that they would not wake up the devil, Satan, and warn him that the feast was about to start. Interesting. Now, the term thief in the night was also used in the second temple in Jerusalem. There is a Jewish tradition that the head of the guards made rounds at night to check that the guards had not fallen asleep. He walked around quietly, and when he found someone who had fallen asleep, he set his clothes on fire just a little bit, causing them to take off their clothes and walk around in shame. This captain was also known as the thief in the night. Like a thief in the night is also compared to a Jewish wedding. In ancient times during a Jewish wedding, the groom came to get the bride in the evening at an unexpected time. The bride had to watch because she knew that the bridegroom could come unexpectedly at any time on that night and would suddenly stand at her door, taking her away and marrying her. This tradition was called the thief in the night. Also, the term only the father knew actually is a Jewish idiom, an expression associated with Jewish marriage, because only the groom's father knew when he would pick up his bride. Now, one of the important themes of the Feast of Trumpets is the actual wedding of the Messiah or the wedding ceremony of the Messiah, In traditional Jewish weddings, no one knew the day or the hour the groom would come. Only the father knew that, and the groom would come as a thief in the night. The bride had to be prepared and wait and have her white clothes ready. Traditionally, spotless white clothes are worn on the Feast of Trumpets and on Yom Kippur to show that we are clean and prepared. The feast is a prophetic symbol of the rapture of the bride, who is taken by the groom on a dark night. So many people have associated it with the future of Yeshua coming. It is also the next biblical feast which Yeshua will prepare. So many people think it is actually referring to the rapture, or at least preparing for the rapture sometime in the future. As the bridegroom, Yeshua will come to pick up his bride in one night, and we must watch and be prepared for his coming. It is, the story is also actually very reminiscent of a well-known parable in Matthew 25, 1-10, through 10, of the ten virgins who were all waiting for their bridegroom. Jesus tells this story when he speaks about the end of times and his return. Matthew twenty five one through five says, "Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no more, or no, oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But the, while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Since." The five foolish girls did not have enough oil and did not wait. They missed the bridegroom when he suddenly came. At the end, the Lord says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour that the Son of Man is coming. Now, in Christianity, this is a very familiar story. And I have heard 20 different explanations It does not mean that we should not think about about it, but rather that we should always stay filled with the Holy Spirit and be vigilant and alert. Here, too, it is a nice comparison with Jesus who comes to get his church and tells us to always be prepared. Just like the crescent moon, we know roughly when it comes, but not exactly, so we need to be alert and not fall asleep. Being prepared for the coming of the Lord is a big theme of the Feast of Trumpets. And we also see this in the entire month prior to the feast, which is called a time of teshuva, repentance, in which we confess our sins and prepare ourselves spiritually for the coming of the King. We confess our sins to God and get our white clothes ready. The Ten Virgins parable also reveals that we need to prepare ourselves by having enough oil. Five of the girls ran off to get oil and therefore missed the bridegroom. What is oil? The oil is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we want to be like those five wise virgins, prepared and alert for His coming, and above all, filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit. We cleanse our heart by repentance through the blood of Yeshua, and we pray that we are filled with the Holy Spirit so that we are ready when He comes. Revelation 3, 5 says, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. All three of the stories that I just mentioned, the thief of the night, speak of the fact that the bride should stay awake and not slumber. So, what does it mean? The term thief of the night is not used to say that we do not know when he is coming, but rather to indicate that we actually do know when he is coming and that we have to stay alert within that time period so that it's unexpected but prepared at the same time. Matthew 25, 43 says, But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Revelation 3 3 says, Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. It means that if we don't pay attention, he could come as a thief. But if we do pay attention, he will come and take us. Revelation sixteen fifteen says, Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. Paul also says, But concerning the time and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness. But you, brethren, are not in darkness. So this day should not overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, Let us not sleep as others do, but stay awake, watch, and be sober. Paul tells the Thessalonians that they know that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. He also says that the day will not come upon us suddenly because those that are awake will be ready for it. On the Feast of Trumpets, we prepare each year for the wedding of the Messiah and for his coming, we prepare ourselves for the bridegroom. Are you ready when he comes? Do not fall asleep and keep the fire of the Holy Spirit burning. Make sure your oil lamp, which is your body, is filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't let it burn out and don't go to bed if there is something between you and God but always confess your sins and ask Jesus to cleanse your heart so you can have white clothes when he comes. Many people think that Jesus, when Jesus is coming back for his bride on this day, because he literally fulfilled the first four biblical feasts with his life, and he will do the same with the next feast, which is the Feast of Trumpets. Indeed, it's very special that this day is called a thief in the night. For Jews, this term is a direct reference to the Feast of Trumpets. I can tell you, all over the synagogues, all over the world, they know this term. Just as Passover is associated with redemption and the Exodus, the Feast of Trumpets is associated with a groom who unexpectedly comes to get his bride. The biblical feasts have a very deep spiritual meaning that describe God's redemption plan for all mankind through Yeshua and physically also for Israel. The biblical feasts reflect what Jesus has done in the past and what he is doing right now and what he is going to do in the future. The Feast of Trumpets reminds us to be prepared for him always, every day and every night. It is a prophetic feast and an image of Jesus Yeshua himself in which we can meet God on his appointed time. The third secret of the Feast of Trumpets that I want to talk about today is its relationship to the day of the coronation of the kings of Israel. In the Bible, kings were crowned on this day and their reign began immediately afterwards. That is why the number of years of government in ancient Israel were counted from the Feast of Trumpets. The Bible says that this was the day that Solomon was crowned, the day Yehu was crowned, and the day Yoash was was crowned, in 1 Kings one thirty four, The dedication of the kings of Israel was a very special ceremony. When the king entered, the shofar was blown, meaning the king is coming and will be crowned today. His government has started. It was a proclamation of his kingship, And then the king was given the scepter as a sign of his authority. He was anointed with oil and crowned. And after the ceremony, they blew the shofar again and said, Solomon is king. This was the sign that the king's government had begun. Now, where were the kings of Israel crowned? As an archaeologist, I find that very interesting, of course. Now, the coronation of the kings of Israel usually happened at the Gion Spring in the city of David in Jerusalem. Amazingly, in recent years, archaeologists have excavated here and discovered a sacred location above the spring. Four small chambers have been found built against the city. On the right side, there was an olive press where they made olive oil for anointing. In the middle, there was an altar for sacrifices. To the left was a chamber with grooves in the ground that was probably used for wooden installation to prepare for animal sacrifice. And to the left from the center was a room with an upright stone placed in small stones that reminds us of Jacob's dream in Bethel. Archaeologists believe in this area was actually the exact place where the kings of Israel were crowned and anointed, next to the spring on the Feast of Trumpets. So beautiful. Like many stories in the Bible, the coronation of the kings of Israel actually has a physical and a spiritual meaning. Now, the stories are also relevant in the past, in the present, and are also prophetic. The coronation of kings is a prophetic story about Jesus' kingdom on earth and when he will literally return on the Feast of Trumpets as king of kings. And it has spiritual significance for the present because when we accept him as our Lord, he already rules as king in our hearts and gives us his authority to rule in the spirit world. Here in Israel, on the Feast of Trumpets, Jews celebrate that God rules as king of kings. Now we know that Jesus is the king of Israel and the Messiah. He is king of kings over all the world. He fulfilled the first four festivals with his life when he first came on earth. And it makes sense that on this day, the next holiday, that is a day he will be crowned on earth and he will come as uh, to reign. When he returns, he will not come as a servant. He's coming as a king and he will be crowned immediately. Isn't that amazing? Of course, we don't know exactly when that will happen, That's the whole mystery. The Feast of Trumpets is a preparation for his anointing as king on earth and at the same time a reminder of his kingship in our hearts. Now when Jesus came the first time during Passover, when they put him on the cross, they mocked and humiliated him by hanging a sign over his head that said, King of the Jews. They put a crown of thorns on his head. He was raised on a cross instead of a throne. He was laughed at and took all our shame. And this had to be done so that he could overcome the darkness and then rule the earth. He was the king who overcame death for us with his love. Yeshua, the Messiah, Ben-Joseph, the son of Joseph, fulfilled the first four feasts with his death and resurrection and the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit. It means that he became part of the feast. He's like it's part of his life. All the main events of his life happened on those days. And this and and that will also be on the fifth feast, the feast of trumpets when he returns. And he's in, but this time he's not coming in shame. He's coming as King of Kings. And when he comes, he will be crowned with a crown of honor, and he will be the King of glory. Yeshua, Messiah, Ben David, the son of David. This time he's not going to come as the humiliated son of Joseph, but instead as a conqueror and rightful king, Messiah, Melech, Ben David. The Messiah king, son of David. His return will be announced by the sound of the trumpet. So it is very important to know the sound of the trumpet, to know what it sounds like, so we will recognize it. Now, spiritually, the Feast of Trumpets also has deep significance for us. For the kingdom of God is in you, and through the Holy Spirit, God can already rule in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and your heart is the gate. And God asks you, open your gate, open your door, and ask the King of Glory to come in and rule over your life. He wants to be the king over your heart. He wants to reign in you through his spirit and give you his scepter and you will reign with him. In this case, it's not just the coronation day of Yeshua, but it is your coronation day. If you have invited Jesus into your heart as king and asked him to rule over your life, then he gives you all authority over darkness for he has already paid the price with his death and resurrection. Instead of living out of fear, you can live from your authority and his love. Don't live like a victim. Live like a conqueror. Do not live in fear of what darkness might do to you, but as a courageous lion who sends away the darkness and heralds the kingdom of God. Lift the gates, open your heart, reign with him, and stand in your authority. Yeshua lets us rule in his kingdom as kings and queens so that the Holy Spirit can go to everyone. The kingship of Yeshua is eternal. It is both spiritual and physical, and it is right now in our world for everybody. Now kings are crowned in his kingdom on the feast of trumpets. Biblically, this is the day that the crown is put on, and we can live as kings from His authority. Of course, we can live as kings in His kingdom every day of the year, and we are meant to rule at all times, as a king always does. But the biblical festivals are there to help us remember God's time and His plan of salvation and His promises. Just as we are reminded on Pentecost, Shavuot, that the Holy Spirit has come, We remember on the Feast of Trumpet that Jesus is king in us and is also coming back. This is the day that we remember that he passed the scepter to us and said, rule over the earth. So do as he did. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopards and expel demons for freely you have received and freely you must give. Matthew 8. That is what Yeshua said to do. Start using your authority that he has given you to set others free and spread his kingdom. Now the fourth secret about the Feast of Trumpets that I want to talk about today is its relationship to revival. We're all praying for a Revival. And we know, we we're we longing for more of the glory of God. But there is something very special about the Feast of Trumpets that has to do with the announcing of the revival. The biblical feasts not only provide like a picture of the past, present, and future, but they also provide a model for revival and the coming of the glory. These feasts were first given by God to Israel to keep and preserve. But Christians, of course, are also able to celebrate them because they're grafted into the olive tree of Israel and are part of the feasts of Messiah Yeshua because they're his they're God's eternal feasts they're part of him and when Yeshua came he fulfilled those and it mainly in the first four it was mainly in the first four uh, festivals it was all about God's salvation for mankind pentecost was about God's spirit descending on man. Now, let me tell you the last three festivals, the fall festivals are all about the indwelling of God's glory. The first festival is that of the uh, fall feast is again, the feast of trumpets in which the shofar is blown to wake people up from their sleep. It's been a long, hot summer, and this is the time to wake up. It's been many years. It is time for the church and Israel to wake up because the glory of God is coming, both physically and spiritually. All biblical feasts start by the blowing of the shofar. But on this feast, it's specifically aimed at awakening God's people. In Hebrew, again, I said it's called Yom Truah, the day of the awakening from the sound of the trumpet. Actually, God has... Only given one command on this festival listen to the sound of the trumpet. So, do you know how to recognize it? To the Israelites and say in the seventh month on the first day of the month you must keep a day of rest, a memorial day heralded by trumpet sound and a holy congregation, Leviticus twenty three twenty four. It's amazing when we hear the sound of the trumpet. Its sound penetrates your soul and calls your inner inner being. Some say it's like the voice of God itself. It's the sound that wakes your spirit up and gets you ready for God's glory, a spiritual wake-up call. Of course, through Jesus, we can always experience His glory, but God has instituted this specific time so we can celebrate it every year and know what it sounds like and can be prepared for His glory. In ancient Israel, the Feast of Trumpets served as an announcement of the entry of God's presence, and the arrival of the king. And that's the spiritual meaning. Just like in many stories about kings that I just spoke about, and messengers come to shake people up and say, sound the alarm, get up, the king is coming. Physically, the Feast of Trumpets is a symbol of the coming of Messiah, of the return of Jesus to the world. Spiritually, it is a symbol of God's glory Entering your heart, the king of glory is God himself who enters through the gate with all his glory. And Yeshua is part of him and he is the king of kings. The gate is the spiritual gate of your soul and heart as well as the physical gate of Jerusalem, by the way. Who is that king of glory? As it says in Psalm 24, 7 through 12, it says, Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the king of glory. The special thing about the biblical festivals is that they have deep layers, like I spoke about in the beginning. There are history and prophetic at the same time. This is because in Hebrew, time is not linear as we know it, but it's cyclic. It goes in a circle, and everything is repeated throughout the year and throughout the ages. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He lives and is part of these biblical feasts, and they come back throughout the year, every year, and they talk about him, and they tell his story. The fall festivals indicate a model of revival and the coming of the glory of God and at the same time they're also prophetic for the future. When Yeshua came the first time, he was that suffering servant who died for us and rose from the dead, but when he returns, he's coming as the king of kings. 1st Thessalonians 4:16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And in Joel 2, 1, it says, Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. Amen. We're all praying for revival, and we want more of God's Spirit. We pray for a great revival, and we want more of His glory. But this is the question. Can we synchronize with God's time for it, a time between heaven and earth? Will we recognize the sound of the trumpet when the King of glory comes? Let's pray for that right now. Let's pray that we will be recognize that sound, that we will hear the beautiful sound of the trumpet. Lord God of Israel, I come before you and I pray for all the people listening. I pray, Lord, that they will recognize the sound of the trumpet, the the sound of your announcing that when you come, that they will know and they'll be ready. They'll be ready, Lord, and be able to, and filled with the Holy Spirit and excited because they know you're coming. Lord, I pray that we'll be ready for your glory, and that we will welcome you, that we will open our hearts for you when, as you come into us. Thank you, Lord. We're so excited for you coming. And Yeshua, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And we ask you to reign in our hearts forever. Reign in us, Lord. And help us, Lord, also to take authority and to stand, to know the authority that we have in the spirit realm, Lord, against all demons and darkness that we rule over, over them. And I pray, Lord, that indeed, as you said, we will go forth, heal the sick, cast out demons. Lord, I pray that your people will will stand up for you. Thank you for your glory. And I pray that this, this Yom Troa, will indeed be an awakening call for your people and that the veil will be removed in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. That was my summary of the Feast of Trumpets. If you want to know more, you can also read about the Feast of Trumpets on my website, awestruckbyglory.com. Just go to the section, Discover, and then to discover the biblical feasts and the Feast of Trumpets. There's lots more articles about this amazing day. Now, if you want to know what happened to me and my testimony and how exactly I came to know Yeshua, then I refer you to my book, Awestruck by Glory, which is available on Amazon and all online bookstores. Or you can visit my website, ostrakbyglory.com and my YouTube channel, Awestruck with Jennifer Guetta. You can also find me on Facebook and Insta, or follow me on Telegram on my new channel, Prophecy from the Galilee. And if you want to hear more of these messages, then don't forget to follow this podcast, Awestruck Secrets of the Supernatural. Many blessings, and I pray that you're going to have an amazing Feast of Trumpets, that it will be beautiful, and that the bride will wake up out of her slumber. Bye.